1: Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you for Tribe Talk, an hour of baseball talk on the radio while the Indians are in Chicago taking on the White Sox this weekend, a team that many feel will be a prime contender not only to win the American League Central Division, but they certainly have the talent, many think, to win the American League and represent the AL in the World Series. Indians hoping to have something to say about that. And after Friday night, they have certainly played the White Sox well this season as the teams have split the first six games they have played. The White Sox series, just the start of a seven-game road swing for the Tribe. After the game on Sunday in Chicago, the Indians head to Kansas City where they will take on the first-place Royals in a four-game series series. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday nights, and then Thursday afternoon to wrap up the road swing. These reminders, if you want to listen to Tribe Talk, you can do so in a lot of different ways. It's weekly on the Indians Radio Network, usually Saturday before that Saturday's game, or you can listen to it in podcast form wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can also hear Tribe Talk online at Indians.com, all the archived editions are there as well good show lined up for you today a little bit later on in the show we will hear from Indians outfielder Jordan Luplo who's having the best start of his major league career at one point in time he was leading the Indians in home runs and he had a big one on Monday night at progressive field against the twins we'll get to that in just a little bit we'll also hear from Sam Hentges The young pitcher who got his first win in the big leagues last Sunday against the Yankees. He's headed to the starting rotation for the Tribe in one of those games in Kansas City. And we will also visit with Andy Tracy. He's the Columbus Clippers manager, and he's been in charge of the alternate site for the Indians. That kind of stopgap between spring training and the start of the minor league season for those who did not make the big club. But as we've seen already, there are several players who have joined the Indians after spending some time at that alternate site. So they're getting some good things done down there and some differences from a year ago in that they are playing teams from other ball clubs. So uh, we'll get with Andy on that in the, the latter portion of our show. But first, we'll take a look at the week gone by when we return after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network.
2: Bodega, 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 Alpha and Omega <clears throat> Siamese sailors sell celery sandwiches Sowing about a serving platter Hey, hey Jamie
3: Yes uh, Did uh, Did you want to try reading that line on the script there?
2: Oh, yeah, let's see uh, You could say big when you bundle your home and auto with progressive, that one? Yes Yeah, no, I'm just not warmed up yet Shouldn't be long
3: detector test. In
2: Bundle
0: your home and auto with Progressive today.
2: Place. The Marmot mangled my mooshu pork pancake.
0: Progressive and Casualty more. Insurance Company
1: and Affiliates. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you as we join you with the Indians in Chicago this weekend taking on the White Sox. A 4.05 first pitch on Saturday, a 2.10 first pitch on Sunday, then on to Kansas City for the Indians. As we take a look back at the week gone by, pretty good week in terms of fun ball games to watch and we begin on Monday the series opener against the Twins and nine innings was not enough for this one to decide it the Twins jumped on top with single runs in the second and fourth innings but in the sixth the Indians broke through against Twins ace Jose Barrios beginning with Eddie Rosario now Barrios delivers and the
0: pitch hit in the air toward left toward the line arise into the corner can't make the catch Ball hits the track, jumps into the corner off the wall. In sliding with a double is Rosario, and in scoring is Hernandez on a ball that should have been caught. And the Indians will take advantage of a gift from left fielder Luis Arise, who shied up when he got toward that wall in the left field corner, and kind of alligator armed it. And the Indians now trail it two to one. And then Franmil Reyes knocked in Rosario. Now the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a little broken bat flare to right. This game will be tied. Base hit, it drops. Rooker will throw to the plate. The slide in safely is Rosario. In the second on the throw home is Re- Reyes. And the Indians are now tied at two. So a play in left field that wasn't made has now cost Minnesota two runs on a broken bat flare
1: single to right by Mill Reyes. Minnesota scored a run in the top half of the eighth inning to go back on top, this time by a score of 3-2. to two. But in the bottom of the inning, it was Jose Ramirez who came up big. Duffy into the motion and the payoff pitch. Swung out and ripped
0: deep right down the line. Goal! A two iron just inside the right field foul pole. And the Indians have come back to tie it at three in the eighth on Jose Ramirez's fifth home run. It was nibble city for Tyler Duffy. Then he got back into the count and Ramirez had him right where he wanted him. He got a curveball and smoked one down the right field line to tie this game at three.
1: That set the stage for extra innings. Still tied, bottom of the 10th. Cesar Hernandez was the runner at second to begin the inning, and Jordan Luplo was at the plate. Right-hander against right-hander. Luplow,
0: that open stance deep in the box. Now the 1-1, swung on, hit high, hit deep to left. Lynn is back, still going back, and it is gone! A game-winning walk-off two-run home run for Jordan Luplo. A towering blast to left, and Jordan Luplo once again proving he can hit right-handers. And Jordan Luplo getting pummeled at home plate and whatever the Indians can find that's wet, they're throwing it on them. A towering two-run home run to left by Jordan Luplo giving the Indians their first walk-off win of the year. And the Indians tonight in 10 innings have beaten the Minnesota Twins 5-3. to three.
1: And we'll hear from Jordan Luplo a little bit later on in our show today. So the Indians were winners 5-3 to in 10 on Monday night. They were right back at it against the Twins on Tuesday night. Aaron Savali against Kenta Maeda, the pitching matchup. The wind was blowing out, and, man, did that make a difference. The Twins once again jumped on top with two runs in the first inning, but the Indians wasted little time getting back into it thanks to Jose Ramirez in the bottom half of the first. The pitch
0: and it swung out and
1: hammered to deep right, way out of
0: here. Number six for Jose Ramirez. And the Indians down two to one in the first. Goodness gracious, hopefully everybody's okay in the lower deck and right. Halfway up those seats, and that was an incoming missile. And the Indians, on the strength of Jose's sixth home run, cut the Twins' lead in half. And right now, Jose
1: Ramirez is getting locked in. Then, in the second inning, it was long ball time for Franmil Reyes. Kentomayeta into
0: the windup and the pitch, and it swung on, hit high, hit deep to left, way, way out of here. my three quarters of the way up the bleachers we are tied at two there is a jet that is headed for Hopkins that just changed its flight pattern that was majestic four hundred fifty two feet three quarters of the way up the bleachers in left
1: field the Indians were back at it in the third once again Jose Ramirez coming through now the 2-0 and it's swung on lifted in the air
0: to left medium deep Kiriloff long run toward the line Got the ball in the scores Luplo in the second standing is Ramirez Kiriloff, who's really a first baseman by trade went a long way in left field, coming in and angling toward the line. Trying to make a running basket-like catch, had it
1: and dropped it.
0: And they have a three to two lead.
1: The Twins tied it up in the fourth, but in the sixth, the big night for Franmil Reyes continued. Reyes swings and hits it, deep to left, four, get about it, another rocket.
0: And seven Reyes seven has his second home run tonight. Seven on the year. And the Indians have a 4-3 to three lead. And Reyes is some
1: kind of locked in right now. The measurements on the two home runs for Reyes, by the way, totaled just under 900 feet. That's a lot of home runs. Later in the sixth inning, Jake Bowers delivered a big extra base hit. Now Jake Bowers,
0: one for two, a single, left on left. Here's the set, here's the pitch, and Bowers sends a drive deep right. Back goes Cave, it is off the wall. Bowers heading for two, in the scores, Naylor. Head first slide and a double. And so Jake Bowers gets his second hit as he doubles off the nine-foot wall in right, and the Indians are having some kind of night with the extra base hit, and the Indians
1: now lead it five to three. The Twins fought back to within a run with a home run from Byron Buxton in the top half of the eighth inning, but in the bottom of the eighth, the Twins' bullpen helped out the Tribe offense. Here's the 3-0 pitch. Inside, ball
0: four, he walked him. Colomay raises his arms up. Phil Kozzi goes, you haven't thrown a strike all inning. Why am I going to call one now? Naylor will score as Colomay walks in a huge run. His third walk plus a hit batter, and his night
1: is over. And in the ninth, it was James Karinczak on to close out the win. Now the set, now the 0-2 pitch. Swing
0: and a miss. Wiped him out with a high heat. Ball game. James Karinczak as dominant as ever. Four up, four down. He gets his third save of the year. And the Indians have now won three in a row, and they take care of the Twins for the second night in a row, beating Minnesota seven to four.
1: So a nice 7-4 win for the Tribe. They took the first two games of the three-game series against the Twins. On Wednesday, Minnesota took out some frustrations on the Tribe, hitting six home runs in a 10-2 victory over the Indians at Progressive Field to close out the homestand for the Tribe. Off day Thursday, and it was on to Chicago to open up a big three-game weekend series with the White Sox on Friday night. And the Indians had their ace on the mound, Shane Bieber, against veteran left-hander Dallas Keuchel. The White Sox scored a run in the second to take the lead, but in the third, the Indians responded in a big way thanks to a couple of walkers. And then, Jose Ramirez was at the plate. Ramirez and
0: the hitters count the pitch, and he grounds one back up the middle, base hit left center. Jimenez will score. Hernandez around third, he'll come home. Throw into third, beating it with a slide, his Luplo And Jose Ramirez with a ground ball
1: single back up the middle. Fran Milreyes drove in a run with a ground out to make it 3-1, to one, and then Eddie Rosario kept the line moving. The left-hander against the left-handed hitting Rosario. Breaking ball, swung on, ripped to center. A two-out RBI
0: single. In the Ramirez and Eddie Rosario with his 14th RBI. And again, it's the left-handed
1: hitters that are giving Keichel fits. The White Sox bounce back with two runs in the bottom half of the third inning to get to within one, but then, as usual... Shane Bieber settled in. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss, strike three. Got him with that nasty breaking stuff. Strikeout number eight for Shane Bieber. And that's noteworthy as the beat goes on for Bieber. He now finds himself alone in baseball history. 18 straight games, he has eight or more strikeouts. He had been tied with Randy Johnson at 17 coming in. But now there he is, 18 consecutive games with at least eight strikeouts for Shane Bieber, and we're only in the fourth. The pitch,
0: strike three called! A fastball down the middle at the knees, and Bieber has struck out 10. And Shane Bieber continues to rack up the double-digit strikeout games. That's his 13th double-digit strikeout game since the start of 2020. That's five more than the next closest guy, Jacob DeGrom.
1: In the eighth, it was Jose Ramirez adding on a little insurance. Marshall's ready in the pitch. A swing and a drive! Deep right
0: field! Back at the wall is Eaton, he leaps, it's gone! And Jose Ramirez with a huge insurance run there. A solo homer to right. That's his seventh. And it gives him three RBIs tonight and 15 on the year. And the Indians now lead the White Sox by a score of 5-3 to three here in the eighth. And Jose Ramirez
1: ending the month of April with a flourish. Out of the pen, Brian Shaw and James Karinczak shut down the Sox offense in the seventh and eighth innings. And in the ninth... Emmanuel Classe was on to close things out. Righty, righty matchup. Classe's pitch to Anderson.
0: Swung on a smash up the middle, but on the ground to the second baseman. Chang throw to first. Ball game. And so Emmanuel Classe gets his fifth save of the year. Shane Bieber gets his third win. And the Indians are able to rally and beat the Chicago White Sox
1: in game one of this weekend series by a final score of 5-3. to three. So a nice win to start the road swing for the Tribe. That 5-3 victory over the White Sox on Friday night sets the stage for the weekend now as the Indians and White Sox play Saturday at 4 5 Sunday at 2-10. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from Jordan Luplo and Sam Hentges as Tribe Talk presented by Progressive continues after this timeout.
0: You having fun yet, folks?
1: Welcome back to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend. Thanks so much for tuning in. Well, Jordan Luplo's had a nice start to his season at one point in time, leading the team in home runs, heading into play on Saturday. Luplo with six homers and 15 runs driven in. And home run number six, and that was a big one on Monday night, a walk-off winner against the Twins. We had a chance to visit with him after that ball game, and we asked him if he knew...
4: That the ball he hit to win the game would reach the bleachers as soon as he hit it. You know, I, I had a pretty good idea that it was going to leave, um, but definitely the left fielder uh, deked me a little bit.
1: And you're at the play with a runner at second base, so obviously you can drive in the run with a base hit, but but just a, a good at-bat against a, a pretty good reliever for you?
4: Yeah, just trying to stay within myself and, uh, you know, just, just kind of feeding off everyone else, you know, um, Hosey, Naylor had a good game. Fran Mill was doing well. Plezak came out and shoved um, after making some adjustments. You know, I watched that kid all all between his starts go to work and, uh, you know, get himself prepared to get better and make some adjustments, and, and he did. And it, it was uh, it was a special night for him. And so just being able to support him and, and the other pitchers that were out there tonight, um, Shaw did great, Klasse did great. Um, yeah, it was it, it was special.
1: And those pitchers doing their thing, you came from behind the day before against the Yankees and, and got back in it. Uh, does that start to to take on a good identity for a ball club when, when you know that you can help out your pitchers, even if it doesn't click in right away early in a ball game, that eventually you'll you'll get the job done?
4: Um, you know, you don't always want to play from behind, but knowing that you can come back and, and score some runs and put good at-bats together and get people on base and do that, that's, uh, that's a good good feeling to have. Um, I don't think we're clicking on all cylinders yet offensively, but uh, you know, we're getting close.
1: I think it, every player who reaches the major leagues hopes that, at some point that they can really get established up here and, and, and be a meaningful part of a ball club. And I know there's a long way to go in this season, but you're off to a good start. And, and has your mindset changed from, from just trying to get here and then stay here to, to really being a, a good contributor on a ball club?
4: Yeah, um, I definitely had to do some work mentally the last the last off season, um, just reminding myself who, what kind of player I am, and and what I want to be, and what I want to show, and bring to the table um, to help help the team win. So uh, I I think I did I did a, a lot of good work this off season coming into spring uh, mentally.
1: What gets you to that point where where you say, hey, I need to do this to take that next step?
4: I think it's taking a step back sometimes we get caught up in all the rah-rah and um, you know what's what's ahead in the future but being where your feet are um, and, and and looking back at your past and and what you've done and how you want to go and move forward is uh, is something you need to do and I was able to do that this off season. so yeah.
1: You look at the last couple of games and uh, just fun ball games and and do you feel like this team's starting to, to gel a little bit? And, and I know it hasn't been easy at times, but uh, certain things starting to come together that, that look good?
4: Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's nice to support this, this amazing pitching staff and, and uh, just kind of keep the ball rolling. You know, um, we, we've been, I think, we're top three in the league and hardest hit balls offensively and just haven't been rewarded for it. So it's one of those things that it, I think is just a ticking time bomb. It's a matter of time before the offense starts clicking with the pitching um because uh, you know these pitchers go out there and and they work their ass off every day to to put us in a good spot to win so we need to we need to show up and support them
1: you mentioned the hard hit balls when they don't fall in how hard is that to, to still say hey that was a good at bat and and don't try and do anything more than that
4: yeah that's that's the uh the fine line i like to call it um because you want to do more you think you think you could have done more uh at times but you know this game is hard enough as it is especially hitting wise that you have to take those victories when you can um whether it's just a good at bad a walk a hard hit ball um just the little things you know you got to you got to build on those victories and just forget about the losses
1: well you stayed within yourself in in the 10th inning on monday night again i I know you did it late last season and um, i'm sure that's a Certainly a memory that you'll have for a while. Thanks a lot, Jordan, for uh, stopping by. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Jordan Luplo, and always nice to see a player who has been through some challenges injury-wise, just getting that chance to play, go out and prove himself when he gets that chance, and Jordan Luplo has certainly done that this season. Another player who's trying to prove himself just getting started in his major league career is pitcher Sam Henches, the rookie, was in games for the first time at the major league level three times in the first ten days in the big leagues, and that included his first win last Sunday against the Yankees. He came on in relief, pitched a couple of innings, got the win, and when we had a chance to visit with Sam and uh, talk to him about that first win, we asked him about warming up while trailing and then coming into the game with a lead, if that changed his approach at all.
3: Um, Not really. I mean, other than... The fact that I had to throw more pitches in the bullpen um, to get warmed up and kind of after that long inning, it's it's nice going out there pitching with a lead, definitely. Um, but I just wanted to be aggressive with, with all my pitches and and just attack the hitters.
1: And you mentioned that, and this is a, a lineup in the Yankees that demands that. Obviously, you want to do that all the time, but, but more focus on that when, when you look at how the series had gone so far?
3: Um, definitely. I mean, I think... I mean, hitting's hard, and and knowing that as a pitcher is is important because it helps you um, stay aggressive with your pitches and, and be convicted with your pitches, uh, and that will enable success if you if, if you throw strikes and if you're aggressive early in the counts.
1: You're in a relief role for now, and and you come on in middle of the game trying to protect the lead, a, a classic bullpen role. Uh, who has helped you? really adapt to that as a career starter and and make sure that that you can be as effective as you can be in that role?
3: Um, I I think it's a combination of a lot of different people. Um, Coming out of the pen is is not something that I'm super accustomed to. I have done it a little bit in the past. Um, But, I mean, just kind of bouncing questions off the other guys in the pen out there, off the uh, bullpen coach, uh, Brian Sweeney, and kind of getting their feedback on – on what should be done, and at certain points throughout the games, and and just kind of being down there throughout the games um, in the past week, seeing how guys handle themselves, and and when they do, uh, when they start warming up, um, and just learning the the game flow as well.
1: When you look at where you are now, it, it seems like you you have a, a good feel for things, and and you've come a long way in terms of improvement, and, and I don't know if it's if you would ever look back at you know a year and a half, two years prior and and see how far you've come, but how different of a pitcher are you now than than maybe you were a couple of years back, and and what are some of the improvements that have really helped you make a big jump?
3: Um, I think there's a lot of things uh, as far as improvement, and obviously that's something that you you never really want to stop improving, Um, and that's something that I am in the process of learning um, and, and kind of seeing through other guys is is they're still learning, even though they're at the big league level. Um, and it's it's pretty cool to see.
1: That time in spring training in the major league clubhouse and getting some opportunities, a big benefit for you?
3: Definitely. I, I think it's just more time around the guys there, um, kind of building relationships with teammates and coaches. Uh, that, that has made um, this process a lot smoother. Um, and, it, and it gives me the confidence to go out there and, and pitch pitch for for my teammates
1: you mentioned your teammates first major league win on a Sunday afternoon against the New York Yankees what happens in the clubhouse afterward
3: (laughs) there were uh a couple things poured on me that were that were very cold um but it was it it was it was fun it was a good experience and something I'll never forget
1: best cold shower you'll ever take (laughs) definitely (laughs) Sam thanks so much for coming by congratulations thanks Jim Well, and while the role was unclear at the time we talked to Sam Henches, a little more clarity has come his way as the Indians announced that he'll be in the rotation when the Tribe is in Kansas City. He'll take the turn vacated by Logan Allen the next time through. So we'll see how he fares. The big left-hander out of the Minneapolis suburbs getting that chance to start in the big leagues next week in KC. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll visit with the uh, manager at the alternate site for the Indians andy tracy he'll have some thoughts on different players and also how things are going down there with the minor league season fast approaching that's next as tribe talk continues on the cleveland clinic indians radio network
0: The wind and the pitch, and it's swung on and socked to deep center. Talkman is back. He'll look up and play the carom off the wall. Ricochets toward left. Reyes is going to try for his second triple of the series. The slide is
1: in. How about that? How about Fran Reyes? Jim Rosenhouse back with you on Tribe Talk as uh, we join you for our final segment and we had a chance to catch up with Andy Tracy recently he's the uh, Columbus Clippers manager who's been managing the team at the alternate site a little bit more than your typical Triple-A roster as the Indians trying to keep as many players as possible prepared just in case they're needed and that's happened here in the first month of the season but it's a little bit different from what was happening at the alternate site a year ago, just inner squad games over at Lake County last year. But this year down at Columbus, they've actually played what amounts to an exhibition slate against a variety of teams in the area. And uh, Andy talked about the big difference that he's seen this spring as opposed to last summer.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on. But uh, it's it's been a totally different uh, alternate site. Last year we were in Lake County uh, inter squatting. Uh, every day, uh, six days a week. Right now in Columbus, we get to play other teams. So we're playing Tigers, Reds, Pirates, Royals, alternate site. So it's always good to play against other competition. And and then they let fans in uh, this past week. So we're having about 1,000 fans a night. Uh, so it's good for the guys to have people in the seats and playing in different colored uniforms.
1: You mentioned all that. And um, I know a lot of players talked about really getting a lot done last summer. But those last things that you mentioned, how important is that for a player at any level?
2: Yeah, I think it's huge. Uh, turn turn the competition level up against other people and not just your buddies on your team. Um, that's, that's good for a certain amount of time, but it gets a little old when you're just inter-squatting all the time. So I think playing the other, other teams, uh, the competitive atmosphere, and then having fans. And then obviously, our Ken's doing a great job with the scoreboard and, and uh, announcing names and all that stuff, music. So it, it's, it's as close to the game, like as we can get currently.
1: And you have a lot of players who are coming off major league spring training and, and really gave a good account of themselves there. And I guess the key was not to lose what they had going there. And, and do you feel they were able to transition pretty well from spring training to that alternate site, even with a couple of weeks layoff there?
2: Yeah, I think, I think they transitioned, uh, very well obviously we know that a lot of guys are are not happy with getting uh, sent to columbus but it's just normal progression of baseball being in triple a and working your way back up to the major leagues and being prepared if tito in the front office want to call you up and be in a position where you can help the ball club um and that's what they're preparing for right now and continue to uh reach their goals and their goal setting that we have for each player
1: Andy Tracy joining us. He's uh, running the alternate site, Columbus Clippers manager when they get going in early May. And uh, some quick hits on, on some players we saw in the spring. Bobby Bradley obviously had a, a big spring. You've been around him before. Uh, what's he working on it and what might help him make that next step to, to become a major leaguer on a full-time basis?
2: Yeah, I think Bobby's doing a, a great job. Obviously, uh, continue to work on defense, uh, mobility, sideways, uh, back and forth. Um, offensively continue to grow as a hitter. Um, I think he's in a really good spot, you know understanding what what and how his swing works and working on his approach at the plate. So it's a holistic approach to him as a player and Bobby's in a really good spot.
1: I know you have some outfield challenges to get everyone playing time and uh, three names in particular Daniel Johnson, Oscar Mercado, Bradley Zimmer, all with varying amounts of, of major league time. how are they done? Uh, this spring and, and trying to, to stay on that radar. Yeah,
2: they're doing they're doing great. We're moving them around, uh, playing all three positions in the outfield. So they're getting time in, in each position and they continue to grow as hitters and, and continue to work on what their goals are to become a major league hitter and help that big league team if they need them.
1: When you look at Nolan Jones, uh, certainly an, an intriguing player who is moving around a lot, at, are there some positions that he surprised you at defensively that that he's looked pretty good at maybe not having played before?
2: Yeah, he's still growing as a player. Uh, I think he's enjoying moving around. He gets the first, we play him in left, we play him in right, obviously challenging right now with five outfielders here uh, to get him out there as much as we want. But I think he's in a really good spot mentally and physically, and he enjoys going out to the outfield. Uh, He didn't know, you're kind of on an island out there. So he's used to being in the infield where he could talk to people. Now he's out in the outfield all by himself. So it's pretty funny uh, listening to him talk about it, but he's, he's in a good spot. Um, Continue to grow as a ball player. He's a great kid.
1: And on the infield, Owen Miller and Gabriel Arias both came over from the Padres. So uh, some first looks here at them in the spring and and then on into this. Uh, What have your impressions been of both?
2: Yeah, I mean, both really good ball players. I mean, Gabby is a phenomenal talent. He's got a really good arm at shortstop. He can swing the bat. And obviously you guys can see Owen Miller's barreling things up consistently here. Um, has really professional at bats and uh, he's in a good spot. We're moving him around to uh second, short, third, uh, getting him his feet wet in all positions just so he's prepared if they need him up top. But Gabby oh, Gabby's in a good spot also, sorry.
1: Some quick hits on the mound. Uh, Nick Sandlin looked really good in the spring, as did Kyle Nelson out of the pen. How are they both faring down there?
2: Both very good. Um, they're getting their time on the dirt, uh, throwing really well. Their their numbers are great. Velocity good, and they continue to compete, and uh, obviously Nelly and Sandlin can help that team whenever um, Tito or the front office needs them.
1: And we see him here now, but what was Sam Hentges able to do to to really stay on that radar and kind of continue what he had established in Major League Spring training? Because he's looked good in, in limited time up here.
2: Yeah, I think the pitching domain did a really good job with Sam. Continue to work with him and, and develop uh, how he loads and how he, he delivers the ball consistently to the plate. Um, you know, the pitching coaches do a heck of a job in organization. And Sam is going to be a really good player for a long time for us.
1: So you're playing exhibition games now and uh, pretty much every day, a, a couple of days here and there during the week. But uh, you're scheduled to begin on May the 4th with a, a fairly normal minor league season schedule as best you can tell right now.
2: Yeah, from what I understand, it's full go. So the only thing that's different for us is we're playing six game series. So we'll play at one team for six straight days and have Monday off every week. Uh, and then Another team comes in, or we go somewhere for six days straight. So that's the only uh, different thing for us, and then continue just to be follow COVID protocol, um, so everybody stays healthy, and we don't bring it into the clubhouse. Or if somebody gets called up, we we uh, hurt the big league team by sending somebody up there that's sick. So we're we're really doing a good job with protocol here in Columbus, and Jeremy Heller, our trainer, is, is really on top of things.
1: Well, it's great to see that. Uh, development-wise, minor league baseball getting back to it. It uh, looks pretty good for that May 4th start. Andy, Tracy, thanks so much for coming by. appreciate it.
2: Thanks. Have a good one.
1: And Best of luck to Andy and the Columbus Clippers as they'll be getting things started on Tuesday night as the A season and the minor league season as a whole begins throughout the system. And that's great news as a lot of young players finally get a chance to play and show what they can do for the first time in a long, long time. That's going to do it for this edition of Tribe Talk. Thanks, as always, going out to Brian Motze for helping to put together our show back at our network studios. Until next week, I'm Jim Rosenhouse, reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network.
0: Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.